you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? <laughs> well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Everyone, welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. What a lovely, boisterous crowd. J. Keith, I learned that uh, we have people in our audience who have driven in from Arizona specially to see us. What? Is that true? Thank you, everybody. Wow. With kids. With children? With children. In a brewery. Yeah. Great. I'm sure they're in the proper age range that is allowed uh, by the county uh, of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. That's so exciting. Yep. Thank you so much. Uh, what, is, what is the name and where are the people? Probably the here with Not the young here. people. Thank you so much. What, uh, what is, are you a family? What is your family name? It's the MacArthur's, ladies and gentlemen. How lovely and flattering. What, what would have happened if they said, no, we're not a family? Yeah. We would have been like, oh, boy. I would have said, you are now. Because <laughs> that's what Go Fact Yourself does. It brings people together. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That really is, uh, is quite lovely. I am so touched that you guys drove in all the way from Arizona in, yeah. the, in the hot, hot heat. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like Florida, but they still, it's, it was still very nice. I mean, no, no, no. They it's drove very, all that way. And with... are, you, are you heading back tonight? No, you're, staying, you're making a trip out of it. I think that's a lesson, you know, they don't, we, this doesn't get enough coverage, that coming to a live taping of Go Fact Yourself, easily one of the top 10 things to do in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like. Build a trip around it. Disneyland, yeah. uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Go Fact Yourself. I would put the Walk of Fame much lower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if someone told me, you know the famous person whose work you love? Yeah, you can look at their name on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. That wouldn't, that wouldn't appeal to me wow. so much. It's well, really I, good marketing. Yeah, and then, you know, I understand, like, before I moved here, I was like, ooh, the stars on the sidewalk. You know, yeah. when you see it in movies and stuff, it, it looks so glamorous, and then you, you don't, you're not told that it's one of the, the crappiest neighborhoods of Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. and that there, it literally will smell like pee, yeah. and some homeless person may, uh, you know, yell expletives at you. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of uh, Johnny Depp as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow there, and they do not like each other. No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, have, they have sparrow-offs. Yeah. So the point is, MacArthur's, have fun. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Helen, let's get started and meet today's guest. Who is up first? She is a best-selling author of the book, Bad With Money, and host of the podcast, Bad With Money. It's Gabby Dunn! Gabby Dunn! Yay! Yes, hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, Gabby, I'm very happy to, to meet you, which I, I did for the first time this evening backstage, because mm -hmm. I believe you were one of the first guests that I learned about and then booked solely from your Twitter feed. Wow, what a gamble on your part. Oh. <laughs> I could have been a real loser. <laughs> I, re I would really appreciate if you could make all of your responses tonight in 280 characters or less. <laughs> Is that going to be a problem? Um, I, I'm not very good at math or at Twitter, actually. You oh, might just right. be very easily impressed. Well, actually, from what I read, you, you actually are good enough at Twitter that you've got interviews from uh, f following and writing to people on Twitter. Isn't that right? Oh, uh, yeah, for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have a podcast about money. Yeah. Um, and so I interview, some, I interview people about money uh, and also, like, 
their feelings about it. It's not like a personal finance blog because it's called Bad With Money, so right. I'm not good at it. Okay. It started as just like in 2016 with me just being like, I'm so bad at this. I'm crying all the time about oh. it. I don't, you know, more, but like, it's okay to tell your friends like I'm crying about a breakup mm -hmm. or, you know, but it's not okay to be like, I'm crying because I don't understand the website of how to pay LA deep WP or that is so. That is so true. As someone who is also very bad at money, yeah. it's that you're right. There's a social stigma about mm -hmm. having that as like a problem in your life. Yeah, we well, talk about the stigma a lot in your book. What, yes. Why do you think there is that stigma and what, what do you think we can do about it? I mean, just, I think like there, people love judging other people and it's like an easy thing to go like, well, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then also I think like that we just take it inside as like a moral and personal and intellectual failing instead of just a, a thing, you know? It's we ascribe skill, to it. Yeah, but I mean, if you never learned it growing up right. or whatever, but we ascribe to it like, our entire worth as a human being, a number to be, you know, oh similar my goodness. to. This is, you're making me feel so much better because I thought it was just me. Like, no, I am so bad. Like, I, I can't, I have a psychological block against opening mail. Yes, I talk about that. Wait, that for too. real? Yeah. I talk about that on the show. When yeah. I've been doing press for this book, people are like, what's the biggest change in your life? And I'd be like, well, I open my mail now. And people look at me like I'm insane. Mm. No. I, I have a pile of mail no. that, and then one time, like, so then eventually I will, and I'll be like, oh, this parking ticket has now become a lien on my, uh -huh, like, uh -huh. it's like, it just escalates, yep. and I'm like, oh, this $29 parking ticket is now, I need to show up in court. Oh, I used to go, what? I used to go, you know what, if it's that important, they'll find me. <laughs> they'll figure they'll and they figure do it out. and they do, and, yeah, they do. and they do yeah that's the problem uh, yeah. one of the things you talk about in your book is how to deal with money while dating yeah uh, what are some of the things that you found out about that and 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 tricks that uh, people can learn from um i mean i think like I, well one of the craziest things is uh I, i'm bisexual thank you so much um and yes so, uh, I think, <laughs> hot to, I got to see it right about in the book. Like, I get to see it kind of from both sides. Oh, right. So, like, you know, you get to see the way that, like, men are a little bit emasculated if, mm. like, you want to pay for a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I had, you know, I even, like, saw this thing where um, the waiter at the restaurant will give the check to, even if it's two women, to whichever is the more masculine presenting <laughs> of the two. What? Hand the check to that person. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like did a poll on Twitter where I was like, when you're out on a date, if you're queer and you're out on a date with your girlfriend, who gets handed the check? And everyone was like, the butch one. And I was like, yep. So it's like a fun book because I think it's like a, a very sort of like uh, more social justice-y, more like, I don't know, less straight white dude version of a finance book. What do you do, what do, you do in that situation? Like if you're the one that sh want to pay the check, but they're handing oh, it to I me? I steal it from their hands and I go, I'm rich. And then I... That has never happened to me on a date. <laughs> one day, one day. Uh, you talk a lot about also how, how the system itself is, uh, conspires against uh, people understanding money and, and, and feeling comfortable and making mm -hmm. them feel bad about themselves. Uh, what can people understand and what can people do to, to take on that system better? 
just have to be like politically engaged and not engage in this thing that where I think the you know if I put my conspiracy theory hat on which I love to do uh, the people at the top don't want us to talk to each other so if we were actually talking to each other or sharing you know information with each other which statistically the people around you like the people that are your friends the people that live near you the people that are in your job with you would have the best information for you mm. either it's like you know what to do about this situation or how much is your salary or all this stuff that we never share with each other those are the people that would have the answers for you but we're taught like no it's tacky it's taboo don't talk to each other and in my mind that's that's done on purpose it's mm. like a trickle down like the people at the top are like don't talk to each other and then it's like we told them not to talk to each other and now they'll never reach us on our gold mountains or wherever they live you know <laughs> uh well if i got a salary for this show i would be happy to share it uh same but i'm happy to share the show with you miss gabby dunn yeah. thank you for having me Helen, against whom will Gabby be competing this evening? He is a comedian and writer who co-hosts the podcast Movie Night and whose stand-up special Take Note is streaming on Stars now. It's Dwayne Perkins! Dwayne Perkins! Hello, Dwayne! Dwayne flexing hey his fist as hey, if he's hey. returning champion. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great and, to and, have you. And can I say, as a black guy, mm -hmm. uh, when that check comes, yeah. uh, especially if you're, either, even if you're with a black woman, especially if you're not with a black woman, and you happen to not be paying, oh, you get that look. And I always make it clear that the waiter knows I paid last time. <laughs> yeah. She's paying now because I paid, I paid. at I'm not, the yeah. last restaurant. Yes. And the waiter's like, I'm walking away. I'm not a kept yeah. man, yes. Uh, Dwayne, it says here in my notes that you and I work together every day. Yes, your notes are correct. No, okay, good. My crack research now. Uh, Dwayne and I both are content producers, writers, uh, on a uh, TV game show called Funny You Should Ask. Uh, I, I love having you as a coworker. You actually were one of the original writers on that show. Yeah, they brought me in fairly early on to work on the uh, pilot episodes, mm -hmm. and um, I guess they were well enough received for us to keep going, and yeah. then we brought you in a little later. Yeah. And, and we're actually in the same room, which is great. Uh, yeah. we, we pitch... There's about 20 of us, I think, maybe. And yeah. we, uh, we separate and we pitch our jokes to each other. Yes, yeah, so it's a comedy Jay game Keith show that has, has questions and answers yeah. as well as jokes, and we get to, to, get to work together every day. Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a blasty blast. Oh, it, yes. it, it, I wouldn't have used those words, but uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, and then you also know Miss Helen Hong. Oh, me and Helen go way back. Way yeah. back. We, we actually spent, what, a few days in Arizona at that time? Was that Arizona, Arizona Arkansas. Arkansas. What another great example of how uh, not out of touch Hollywood people are that they confuse Arkansas and Arizona. What a lovely message for our listeners out there. Did we also do a gig in Kuala Lumpur together? Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Oh, we completely did, yes. Yeah, but obviously you start with Arkansas, then you move on later to uh, Kuala we, Lumpur. We did uh, stand-up Asia for Comedy Central, and I was the only non-Asian person. He was, only... he was the chocolate chip in the bowl of rice. Yes. <laughs> It was like obviously we all love to have that delicious treat <laughs> of chocolate chip rice. Which is a testament to like what an amazing and sort of inclusive stand-up comedian that Dwayne is that you know, it was almost all Asian comedians in at Stand Up Asia, and they're like, and Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like for you, Dwayne? Oh, it was great. You know, what happened was I was there about maybe eight months prior, and I just riffed. I, I, you know, like, you want to sort of relate to the people when you first get on. So my first five minutes, I was there for like three weeks. So my first five minutes was just about being in China. Then it became my first ten minutes. And by the end, I had like a 15-minute chunk just about my experience in Asia. And they were like, that's great. Come back and do it again. <laughs> and so it was amazing. And, I, and everyone, everyone seemed to be, you know, what I was happy with was like, 
there was not even a token white person. They just skipped over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were like, they we, don't need, we don't need any vanilla in this bowl of rice. But right. a chocolate chip, yes. That's we're a doing prize. It. You don't know how many people hit me up about that, too. Like, how'd you get that? And I was like, I don't know. I just lucky, good, yeah, right place, hard right time. Work. Yeah. But people really, like, that's one thing I, I get, like, because I, I'm quote unquote a nice guy on paper, right? I mean, sure. I'm from Brooklyn, so you know, it could go either way. But uh, people just ask me a lot of, as comics, you get anything the other comics want to know. And how'd you get that? Yeah. With me, there's a little hint of like, not only how'd you get that, but why didn't I get it? You know what I mean? <laughs> they mean it more of how did you get this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They hit uh, the you. Talent, hard work, right, right. charming, charisma. Yeah. Working whatever. with Jay Keith uh, right. during the day. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think it's, I think it really is a testament to your skills as a comedian that you've performed in Asia like 20 times more than I've performed in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dwayne, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. Yes. Helen mentioned in your intro that you co-host a podcast called Movie Night. Yes. Uh, I know what it is because I've been on it, but for those who don't know, tell us about Movie Night. Um, well, me and uh, my co-host, TK Kelly, we both lo love movies. We try not to be snobby about it, but we have a guest, usually a stand-up comic, and we all watch the same movie, then we meet and we uh, discuss the movie, and it's a lot of fun. Um, basically, I just wanted to just you know, submerse myself into the movie world because I've been trying to write. I've been writing scripts. I changed my email font to um, Korea. You know what I mean? I just wanted to really... <laughs> Whoa, wait, I didn't realize you were serious about it. Right. <laughs> What's your all-time favorite movie? I feel like my all-time favorite movie from when I was a child is Cooley High. Mm, sure. And um, it's is a com coming-of-age tale. Cooley High. Cooley High, yeah. C-O-O-L-E-Y. New word, H-I-G-H. Yes. It's a coming-of-age tale about these um, black kids in And I believe it's what, what, what's happening in the TV exactly. show. Exactly. What's on. happening is based on that movie. Yeah. Oh. And um, you, if you listen to rap music, it's all throughout rap music. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give away the ending, but it's like the only movie that every black man will admit that he cried cried at the end. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Get out of here, Moonlight. Right. <laughs> we, we hate you. Holy high. Uh, excellent. Well, uh, we're certainly happy to have you, Mr. Dwayne Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. All right, Dwayne and Gabby, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Gabby, you said you know a lot about Law & Order SVU season 16 to 20. Correct. Yes. The O.J. Simpson trial. Yes. And then a bit of a left turn here, NASA's Apollo missions. Mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne, you said you know a lot about Jay-Z lyrics, the TV show Seinfeld, and Flavors of Tea. Yes. <laughs> We are going to have a lot of fun later on when we ask you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, colors. First up in colors, Gabby. Gabby, your question comes from a listener, James Callen of Washougal, Washington. Seems fake, but go on. <laughs> he assured me that everyone in Washougal will gather around the podcast <laughs> in order to listen to their name being mentioned. So I'm very happy for seems that. Seems real now. Now it seems real. Yeah. yeah. All right, Gabby, uh, I, Jay Keith, am a bit colorblind, so I'll have to take people's word for it that purple and violet are both pleasing colors. Mm. But what is the difference between purple and violet? Um, violet has, violet is purple, but with extra white in it. With extra white in it. Yeah, okay. like when you're painting. You oh, know, like yes. when you're painting and you have purple and you want to make it into a light purple? Yeah. So you add white paint to it to And then all of a sudden, 
So I imagine that it is, yeah, that violet. it's, yeah, that it's uh, light, it's light, pur so it's purple, but you've added more white to the viewing of it. To the viewing of it. <sighs> yeah. Okay, that is what you said. Uh, all right, we have Gabby's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Dwayne, uh, what do you think? Wow, this is a tough one. Your answer sounds pretty solid. I got to tell you that. And, uh, <laughs> I think purple is a mix of two colors. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm sort of racking my brain here, raking my brain to see which two. Let's say maybe oh, can <clears> blue I say? I know. and brown, right? Blue I don't know. And brown. I, I know what two colors. Well, if you want to help them out, you're yeah, if you want to help me. Oh. Yeah. It's blue and red. Okay, blue and red. All Thank right. you. And so you said to, to make it violet, you add more white. Mm -hmm. <sighs> That sounds solid. Um, right? <laughs> I can say the same thing or something different, right? Yeah. But I don't get points if I say the same thing, because she already said it, correct? If she's correct, she would get the point and you would not. Okay, so let's say it's, if it's uh, blue and red, then mm -hmm. violet, yeah. violet is blue and another color. Right. Let's, let's say blue and pink, which is just sort of like her answer okay. remixed, but okay. yeah, let's say violet is blue and pink. Great. All right. <laughs> well, I may be colorblind, but I can see that this segment must end. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Violet is a true color on the light spectrum. It is more blue than red, and it's one of the seven colors in a rainbow. Purple is a combination of colors. It is equal parts blue and red, oh, right. and it is not one of the colors in a rainbow. Uh, that's right. And I have nothing to add because I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I'm going to give Dwayne one point because you did say purple is a combination of blue and red. Very good. One point for Dwayne. Wow. Thank you, Gabby. And an assist to Gabby. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Uh, all right. Up next in colors, Dwayne. Dwayne, they both indicate slight variations in color, but what is the difference between a tint and a shade? A tint and a shade. I think uh, a tint is the same color, but darker, right? So like you pick one color and you, mm -hmm. how much you cover it up or how much black you introduce, I think yeah. that's the tint. Okay. And I think a shade is, um, a variation of a color. So like a, you know what I mean? Like tint is just how dark you make the color and a okay. shade is the color, maybe another color adjacent to it and then adjacent to it and then adjacent mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Uh, all right, very uh, sensible answer. We don't know yet. A, a, a smattering of applause for the answer. Uh, it could be out of pity, we don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, we've got Dwayne's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Gabby, what do you think? A shade is when you passive-aggressively say something mean, but just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a shade is something you throw. Uh, yes. you yeah. yeah. Um, I, I agree. Yes. Well, you, it's nice when people agree to disagree, even nicer when they agree to agree. Well, this segment has gone on more than a shade too long. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A tint is a color that has been lightened by adding white. Well, what a, the hell? <laughs> a shade is a color that has been darkened by adding black. Yeah, that's right, Gabby. Yeah, you had it actually wow. in the previous answer. You had it correct, just in the wrong order. I uh, see. When gray, aka black and white, is added to a color, that then is called tone, as it tones down the color. But uh, the difference between tint and shade is, as Helen said, and again, you can throw shade, but don't try throwing tint. <laughs> Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go in that? At the end of that round, Gabby Dunn has zero points, and Dwayne Perkins has one point. Those scores are bound to change.
as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. You're a comics reader and you want to use a library connected app. You can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews. I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed. If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. I like. I don't... <laughs> actually need to know that information. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself where our score is Gabby Dunn with zero points and Dwayne Perkins with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hahn. Thank you, everybody. Gabby Dunn, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Law and Order SVU season 16 to 20, mm-hmm. the O.J. Simpson trial, and mm-hmm. NASA's Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First of all, you said very specifically <laughs> that you knew a lot about Law and Order SVU season 16 to 20. Well, that show's, again, been on for 20 seasons. Wow. Which is truly wild. It's in season 20 right now. Um, and so it's hard to keep track of everything that has happened in 20 years. Right. So the most recent ones, like the last four, right. I'm, I think I'm solid and on. And what is it about the show that, that appeals to you in general? Why do you like it so much? Well, the dark answer is that it is kind of like a fantasy show. I always think about it as it's like a fantasy show. for It's like our Game of Thrones. It's women's Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> it's as realistic it's like dragons are as realistic as like a group of cops who care about sexual assault. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so if you want to disappear yourself a little bit into something like just full of wow. and kings and queens, that's SVU for us. I am wow, my that's my like, my mind is blown from that yeah. answer. It's right though. So <laughs> so dark I'm and sure accurate. The police who listen to our show are awesome and very <laughs> professional and compassionate though. Wait, but that show is so dark. It's really dark. Yeah, it's dark, and then it'll take a hard left turn into just absurdity. Where like, oh, it's wonderful. It's the best. It's like one. It's I mean, it's done. They've done so much advocacy. Like they've really brought a lot of awareness. Oh, wow. And like they do a lot of work with like Mushka Hargitay does a lot of work with the Joyful Heart Foundation, which is like and and the backlog and all this really great stuff. Um, and then every so often it'll just turn and it'll just like they'll throw iced tea like a really hilarious one-liner and he's been there for 20 years yeah. and he cares not at all and it's incredible <laughs> all right wow. you also said you know a lot about the oj simpson trial mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm a fun person to be around bring me to yeah. parties <laughs> um yeah i mean i so i majored in journalism so i i'm I, I that was the first that was the birth of the 24-hour news cycle that was the first time that like court tv got its big break and mm-hmm. that it broke nancy grace and like it just like created superstars i mean it it, it you can even it created the kardashians i mean just it was such a a phenomenon specific specifically the way it was treated in in the press and in the media um and i i adore marsha clark i think she's just so incredible and i i read her book and i like devoured it and i just um it just it's like so many facets like how she was treated as a woman prosecutor Mm. which we can like look back on today and how different would it be if twitter had existed then it's just like so much to think about Yeah, I remember that moment where uh, I think it was, might have been Effie Bailey called her hysterical. Yep. And the and it would she never wrote to defend herself. Yeah, that, but right? then everyone was like, "Oh, okay, well, she seems hysterical." But like now, it's you think about it, it's so dated. Like we would never. I think she would have like such a strong defense 
today that she like didn't have then it breaks <laughs> breaks my heart a little bit but like it's just there's just so much of that that like changed our entire landscape mm. and finally you said you know a lot about nasa's apollo missions i do yes i went to space camp twice what, what? yeah nice <laughs> that's what you guys are up to yeah. yes well also like did, did you get kicked out the first time did you fail no. and have to go back no no i graduate thank you so much no i'm not a delinquent i graduated um i uh uh, I had a bat mitzvah, and I used my bat mitzvah money very wisely, uh, not to go to college or save or anything like that. Um, I went to space camp, and then in Cape Canaveral, and then um, they have Space Academy, which is the next level in Huntsville, Alabama. So then I went to Space Academy a couple years later. What? On that, with the rest of the money. Again, bad with money. Thank you so much. Bad with money, but good with experiences. Out now, available now, wherever books are sold. Uh, yeah, and so, so um, I went. I was obsessed with it. I loved it. I, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to do mission control. I want. I don't know. I wanted to. Be... What was it about the Apollo missions that appeals to you specifically? Um, that was like when we started sort of getting stuff right a little bit. Mm. Um, but all, and like also those were the manned missions. Like those were when we were we were trying to, we were really space race like trying to get people on the moon so hard. Mm. Uh, and I think like yeah, there's just a lot of um, firsts that happen that always struck me as I don't know as funny when I was a kid. Like I you know I would, you would read these things and it'd be like. First man to walk on the moon. First man to hit a golf ball on the moon. First man to blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, yeah, you get up there and you go, got to shoot my shot. What can I be the first to do up here? Yeah, you panic. Right. You're like, I vomit. I'll be the first to vomit on the moon. Like, you just try to do, you know? Everyone was, like, trying so hard to get into history books yeah. during the Apollo missions. I always found it very amusing. Let's all go, you guys. Oh, what my God. you in? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so to summarize, Gabby, you said you know a lot about Law & Order SVU season 16 to 20, the mm -hmm. O.J. Simpson trial, and NASA's Apollo missions. Mm -hmm. Today we want to quiz you about NASA's Apollo mission. Wow. That seems, you know what, yeah, let's lighten it up in here. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Uh, is there a favorite mission that you have of the many <sighs> missions they flew? Well, sure. I mean, I think um, Apollo, I would say like Apollo 7 is a great one just because it was their first, it was, they were coming back off the tragedy of Apollo 1 mm. and I think that was really like a lovely, you know, I can't, I, I still, I can't believe that those astronauts did, like, were like, yeah, we'll, we'll go again. Like, cause mm. Apollo 1 um, blew up on the launch pad. Mm. So, and then Apollo, they skipped Apollo two through six and then the Apollo seven, like astronauts, I just always think about like in their minds what they mm. must've been thinking like, no, no, we'll, we'll do, we'll try again, let's go. <gasps> like they were really like, wow, you guys really yeah, were like, sure, yeah. Thanks for it up with this Sorry, topic. I know, I'm uh, sorry, no, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no, Wait, it, do it you really is an interesting, it, it really is an inspiration <laughs> that, that people were it so is, committed yeah. to the cause and to science and to exploration that they yeah. were willing to, to know the risks and still And proceed. still do it, yeah. I know. Do you, um, do you watch the movies and go, baloney? <laughs> I'm actually not, I've seen Apollo 13 maybe once, but I'm not like, oh. and I didn't even really like, I mean, uh, I'm not as into the movies as you mm. would think. You prefer the yeah. real deal. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, once so. you've been to space camp, it all yeah, gets, yeah, it's like, exactly, you watch, I guess I am watching it and going, <laughs> please, Ryan Gosling, okay. <laughs> All right, well, just ahead. Your guest is Ryan Gosling. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in NASA's Apollo missions to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions on the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of the five questions. Dwayne, do listen closely because if Gabby answers incorrectly, you can steal. Dwayne, by the way, how much do you know about NASA's Apollo missions? Um, you know, it's crazy. I did a short film in uh, the mock up that Apollo 13 was shot in, the oh. space. Um, this uh, actor, comedian I know named Stephen Glickman, he 
somehow had access to it, and we shot a short film there. Yeah. What? Whoa, where? In the mock-up. The mock-up was like somewhere in the valley. Not the valley. Really? So what you know about NASA's Apollo missions is where in the valley to find a mock-up. <laughs> right. I've been inside. I don't know oh, what, okay. I don't know what, each, I don't know what yeah. each button does, but right. I've been inside the mock-up. All yes. right. Well, that might come in handy. Let's find yeah. out. Gabby, here's your first question about NASA's Apollo missions. Okay. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. That's from an address to Congress by what president who inspired the Apollo program? JFK. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct, John F. Kennedy. Uh, fun fact, that was on May 25th of 1961. His famous We Choose to Go to the Moon speech was the following year in Texas. Question number two. Apollo was a three-part spacecraft consisting of the command module, the service module, and what? Command module, service module. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint. You can also take oh. your time and think, think it through. What's the hint? Yeah, what's the hint? You, would you like that first hint? I guess so. Helen, how about that first hint? It's a type of module. <laughs> Just no, kidding. No, no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. <laughs> Helen, what is the actual hint? It's the part that landed on the moon. Is it the landing module? Helen, is it the landing it, module? It is not no, the landing module. No, I'm terribly sorry. Dwayne with a chance to steal. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what are the, uh, the other types of modules again? The command module, the service module, and the... Oof. Um, well, based on a hint... I'm just going to say moon module. Is it the moon module? <laughs> close, no, but no. Really close. No, it's the lunar module. Oh, lunar yes. Of course. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yes. Uh, all right, let's see if we can bounce back with number three. We know the story of Apollo 13 and Houston, we have a problem. But what was the problem? What went wrong that caused the Apollo 13 mission to be aborted? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, uh, some stuff that's, that should have fallen off didn't fall off. Something that should have fallen off didn't fall off. Helen, is that correct? That is not correct. No, very technical, That's but uh, Helen was able to see through That's that fine. to realize that is not correct. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. Dwayne, with a chance to steal. I feel like it was something with coming back was the issue, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I don't know exactly. Well, when I was in a ship, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say a problem with the parachute on a, the, the re-entry. A, a problem with the parachute on the re-entry. Helen? Yeah. That is not, not correct. Not correct, no, but <laughs> very like entertaining it, visually. No, yeah. no, uh, the problem was that there was a rupture of an oxygen tank. Okay. The oxygen oh. tank ruptured, caused mm -hmm. an explosion, and then they had to uh, get themselves back. I wish you had asked for the hint. Whoa, Helen, if you had yeah, asked, if she'd asked for the hint, what would the hint have been? <sighs> yeah. <sighs> oh, wow, and I could have asked for the hint, too, right? No, no, no. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but please, let's not interrupt Helen in her busy uh, hint. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. I would have guessed Darth Vader. Right? Yeah, they were, bored. they were boarded by uh, the yeah. Empire, and then <laughs> yeah. their princess had to put a chip in. A... Anyway, sorry, what? Question number four. The Apollo 11 mission was the first to land on the moon, but only two of the three crew members got to walk on the moon. Yes. Which astronaut flew the command module Michael alone? Collins. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Well, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong wow. on the moon. Michael Collins. What a champion that guy is. He got all the way there and was like, you guys go. Yeah, I'll just wait in the I, car. Seriously. I love him. I yeah. think about him often. Awesome. He, didn't, he, couldn't, he didn't hit the golf ball or anything. No, I know who did, but that's not one of your questions, so. Or is it? Or is question, it? No, it's not. Question number five. Incredible. The Apollo program grew out of two other NASA missions, Mercury mm -hmm. and Gemini. Yes. Who was the only astronaut to fly in all three programs? 
to fly in all three, to actually fly yes, in all three? Yes, flew in all three, and I believe you still have a hint available. Oh, like, sure, what's hint. my hint? Helen, how about that second hint? His first name is what they call Waldo of Where's Waldo in the UK. Ah. What, what's the first name? Well, it's Wally. Okay, and uh, let's work on the last one. Let's hear, let's hear your thinking. I know. It's like Wally Shivel or like Wally Schiff. Schiff? Schiff? Wally Schiff is Schiff. your answer? Yeah, sure. How long is it Wally Schiff? It is not no, Wally I'm Schiff. No, I'm terribly sorry. Twain with a chance to steal. <sighs> I, I think we can all agree this is a last name issue at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, you know what, Singlin? Mm, let's say Wally Smith. Was it Wally Smith? <laughs> it was not Wally no, Smith. No, I'm sure it was on the Wally tip of your tongue. Smith. It was Wally Shira. Shira. Wally Shira. Come on, guys. So close. So close. So yeah. close. Uh, Helen is at the judges' table. You Helen, were orbiting the, the answer. Oh, 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 snap. Didn't that, quite land on the moon. I mean, the real Michael Collins of an answer. <laughs> that just happened. All right, you still did pretty well in that round, and now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that happens. This question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Before you could land on the moon, you had to see if your astronauts could orbit it. So for up to three points, which Apollo mission was the first one where a crew successfully orbited the moon? Over what holiday in 1968 did the mission occur? And name one of the three crew members on that mission. Okay, wait, sorry, break it down one more time. We want to know which Apollo mission was the first one where a crew successfully orbited the moon. Got it. Okay, you can give that answer now if you like. I feel like maybe Apollo 9. Apollo 9. I think. think. Okay, yeah. All right, then we want to know over what holiday in 1968 did the mission occur? I don't know, 4th of July. 4th of July, all yeah. right. And then we want you to name one of the three crew members on that mission. John Glenn. John Glenn. All right, so to summarize, your answers are Apollo 9, the 4th of July, and John Glenn. So wrong. Well, if you were right, what would the answers be? <laughs> no, do, you I, want to, do you want to reconsider it? I want, I want to make sure you, you have a fair shot. Um, nope, I'm, I'm sticking to it. Sticking to it. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is a spaceflight historian, author, YouTuber, speaker, and host, Amy Shira Title. Amy Shira Title, ladies and gentlemen. There she is. Hello, Amy. Hi, Amy. Amy also bringing up, I believe, our first expert to bring her own beer on stage. Woo! We celebrate that's that. That's right. That's right. Why not? Hi. Hi. So nice to have you here. Thank uh, you for having me here. My, our, our pleasure. Now, how did you get into space? Did you go to space camp twice? I did not. No. Um, <laughs> sadly, I'm still trying to go to space camp. I'm actually from Canada. So growing up in Canada, did not have space everywhere. And when I was seven and read about the moon landing, I was like, Oh my God, people went to the moon? Why was I not informed? Yeah. And I like, had to know everything about it. So I was that kid that we was don't, like- they, they don't tell you in Canada that no, we landed no, on the moon? Everybody's <laughs> grandfather works for NASA or a contractor or sub-sub-subcontractor yeah. here. And in Canada, you're like, we have an arm. Does, like does we Canada have a Canada arm, right? Like we don't have a, like a space is not part of our national identity. Do they have the a space way. program in Canada? Yeah, we have yeah. the Canadian Space Agency. Yeah, Chris Hadfield, you know, playing uh, Bowie in space. 
Yes! He's one of ours. Oh, wow! Yeah. I Canada. love that guy. We do stuff. Woo! Uh, so some of the things that you do on uh, YouTube, you have this great... Uh, you have this great series on YouTube called Vintage Space, where yes. you do videos about space. Uh, what are some of the, the fun, specific things that you've covered? Because it's not your usual space history show. I do the most obscure possible way you can take a topic so that it's different. Um, and I, I like to find the weirdest things in archives that people probably wouldn't talk about. Like, there was this one early test of a Saturn family of rocket. I think it was a Saturn 1B. And they uh, filled the upper stage with water and released it into the ionosphere, because the water was just ballast. But they were like, let's see what happens in the ionosphere. <gasps> and I'm uploading this video. Video and I'm like, why am I doing this? No one's gonna watch this. And it got like 300,000 views in a day. And I was like, people like water in the ionosphere. <laughs> Wait, um, what happens to water in the ionosphere? It just vaporizes. It was like, we it was need one to of those know. Things when they were like, we'll just do all the all the things because we have all the money. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Now, your most popular video was actually one where you debunked a conspiracy theory that yes. still somehow exists about the moon landing. There's so many that still exist about the moon landing. Thank what you. Was your what was the specific that debunking that you did? Sweet YouTube money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I've had a number of them that have done well, but I did one that was actually based on a, a research paper by a dust scientist that I mm. met. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but Mihai, very nice guy. Um, and he calculated the trajectory of dust kicked up in the wake of the lunar rover on Apollo 16 during what they called the Grand Prix when they drove at a top speed of 16 kilometers an hour. <laughs> and he calculated the trajectory of the dust. It makes this rooster tail shape that you could not replicate on Earth in gravity. It can what? only be in one sixth Whoa. gravity in a vacuum. And that's mathematical proof. And of course, the internet just told me that I was full of, uh, you know, it. baloney. Mm -hmm. yeah. Baloney. <laughs> we say baloney. Um, you're saying that logic and facts didn't convince people who believed a conspiracy theory? I was as shocked as you were. I am like shook by everything you've said so far. Yeah. With That's the awesome. dust. First of all, there's a dust scientist. Hello. Yes. Yeah. No, there's like like dust because it's a sear. Dust is in space is a serious issue, especially when you're on the moon. Because if it's going that fast, a piece of dust can actually like pierce your spacesuit, and then that can actually cause a leak. So I met these guys who had a simulated lunar regolith. Um, so so lunar dust is not weathered because there's no weather on the moon. So when you touch it, it just doesn't go anywhere. Like what? it's into the cracks in your and just does not come off. Um, and they were shooting it at different materials to see what could resist hits from very fast traveling particles of dust in space. Oh, That's a real science. Science, ladies and so gentlemen. Cool. Science. Wow. I'm. Wow. Damn. Uh, have you gotten to speak with uh, astronauts, uh, and specifically ones from the Apollo programs? So um, tell me about talking yeah, with so astronauts. astronauts. I've, met, I've met a handful of astronauts, um, many of whom were in that kind of early Apollo era of Mercury. I've actually met one of the original Mercury astronauts, which is like one of the most starstruck moments of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I met uh, Scott Carpenter. He was very, hey. very kind and very nice. And I've met, I don't know, sat on the laps of like four people that went to the moon. It's not weird. What? Um, <laughs> this is a family these show. Guys, these guys are, they're like, they're they're you know in their 80s now, but they're emotionally still like 30-year-old flyboys. Mm. Um, but I've 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 got a uh, in my apartment I've got a wall, but I call the wall of awesome, which is just astronaut autographs. Oh. Like I've got a, a Mike Collins of this very not too common picture. You know that picture of it's the lunar module and Mike Collins took it with the Earth over the moon right, in right. the background. Right. And it's like everyone in the world but Mike Collins. Well, two frames before that, the moon is just going over the horizon, and <gasps> it's like it was the first time they saw Earth rise after the landing, and I got <gasps> that signed. Um, so I've got like 18 or 20. And, and how does Michael Collins feel about not having gotten to walk on the moon? You know, he's, um, I didn't ask him about that because I feel like that's the question he always gets, and I didn't oh. want to be that person. So I asked him about his underwear instead. Um, Na naturally, the... <laughs> 
the number two question, yeah. if you will. Um, there's, there's a moment in the Apollo 11 transcript where Neil Armstrong just says to him, hey, Mike, you ready for your underwear? You ready for your underwear, Mike? Are you ready for your underwear? What? And I'm like, what is this? And then I had a chance to ask Mike Collins, so I go up to him and I'm like, I have a question about your underwear. And he just goes to undo his pants. Um, what? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've brought up some very, very bizarre. I've like made some of them. I've, like had the most touching moment of making an astronaut cry with laughter of like you did this thing there was this issue on Apollo 12 of like a can of tuna was open and they're like Dick Gordon the command module pilot was like I want to eat it and mission control was like maybe don't eat tuna that's been exposed to 100% oxygen for eight hours because you might die and it became like an hour and a half long conversation about tuna and I asked Dick Gordon about it last time I saw him and he's recently passed unfortunately and he was laughing so hard he cried <laughs> oh. I was like I feel really good about these happy tears I'm sure they appreciate Having having someone of, of, of the, your generation yeah. so so interested mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now of course people think about the early NASA programs involving men but you give a talk uh, often about the women that were involved in the Mercury program tell yeah. us about that yeah um, so there's this weird story that always gets pick up, picked up under the title of the Mercury 13 which is very much not a real thing um, and uh, so what happened basically was there was a group of 12 women or 13 women arguably 12, <laughs> get into the details in a second, um, who took the first round of medical tests that the Mercury astronauts took. So if you've ever seen the right stuff, that's, you've seen the right stuff, I imagine. Mm -hmm. um, the scene so. where they're running around the Lovelace Clinic, blowing into tubes, they're, you know, getting enemas and stuff. Um, the, the women, these group of 12 women did that as well. And the idea was to get a, a medical baseline of whether women could stack up to men for future training as astronauts. And uh, one of them, Jerry Cobb, did that and as well as the uh, flight simulation training and psychological testing and she decided that that meant she could join the astronaut corps mm. and she took it all the way to congress and really? actually had a congressional hearing about the uh, qualifications of astronauts aka is nasa unduly discriminating against women in its astronaut corps huh so this is a very interesting story, and it gets more interesting because this other woman pilot named Jackie Cochran descends from like her Disney villain castle into this congressional hearing and is like, women shouldn't go into space. What? what? And, and then like goes home to hang out with her pet raven like Maleficent. <laughs> so, so I started looking into the villain. And turns out she's the most badass pilot no one's ever heard about. She did, she held more records than any pilot of the 20th century, bar none. She's like, Chuck Yeager taught her how to fly through the sound barrier, like you do. So why did she feel the way that she did about that? Because for a, a lot of reasons, and I think she rightly knew that in 1962, women, like, NASA was, at this point, just figuring out how to go to the moon, mm. could not take on another variable like dealing with women when it didn't really know how to do it, and that if something went wrong with a woman in, in, in the ah. spacecraft, it could actually be, like, say, thankfully he didn't, but say the rocket exploded with John Glenn on board. It was a faulty of the machine. Mm. If it does with a woman on board, it's because of a woman. Yeah. And that sets women back even more. So this woman was actually fighting for like a very long research program that would give a lot of data so that as soon as NASA was like, we want women, she's like, great, here's 400 data points and all the volunteers and everything you need to know, go. Wow. So that's really? what she wanted. So it's this weird thing where like she's always taken out of context and like as an historian, I love context. So I've, um, I'm, I have a talk that I do about these women and I have a book coming out uh, about them in January. Awesome, congratulations. That's very wow, I had no idea that I would get a Laney boner about space. <laughs>
until talking to you. Like, you're so cool, and I'm so fascinated. Uh, all right, this is so fascinating, but let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Gabby. We wanted to know which Apollo mission was the first one where a crew successfully orbited the moon. Helen, what did Gabby say? Gabby said Apollo 9. And Amy? Uh, close, Apollo 8. Oh, so close. It was Apollo 8. Yeah. I'm so sorry, no point there. Next, we want to know over what holiday in 1968 the mission occurred. Helen, what did Gabby say? Gabby said 4th of July. And uh, Amy, share a title? Christmas. Oh, Christmas. Sorry, no point there. Uh, also, sweet. by the way, the last few days of Hanukkah. So Christmas <laughs> or Hanukkah. Christmas or Hanukkah. Yes. And I'm sure all those Jewish astronauts really appreciated yeah, that. They did. Because there were so many of them in the yes. Right. Uh, well, let's get to this then. We finally want to know the name of one of the three crew members on the mission. What did Gabby say, Helen? Gabby said John Glenn. And Amy? Glenn was retired by then. It was uh, Bill Anders... Uh, Jim Lovell and Frank Borman. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, nice. no point there, but uh, very admirable people as well. Uh, Amy, this is so fascinating, we're so happy to have you. Is there anything that you would like to say or ask of our expert, Gabby? No, just thank you so much. I wish I could give you my space camps. Because you, <laughs> we should, like, I, you should get to go for free. I have found, I've actually like got in touch with Space Camp in Huntsville to be like, can I come hang out, guys? And this, They should be yeah. begging you, girl. If I girl. can get out to Huntsville, they'll let me go. But apparently they do Space Camp for adults. I found that out, and I'm like, <gasps> dying We're all going to, go. to Space Camp, oh, yeah. <laughs> Amy, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go? Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter, just at Amy Shira Title, um, and on YouTube uh, for regular videos. And also, I will be doing updates about the book and stuff. Uh, my channel is Vintage Space. We're so happy you joined us, Amy Shira Thank Title, you. ladies and gentlemen. Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At the end of that round, Gabby Dunn has two points, and Dwayne Perkins has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Dwayne about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Gabby and Dwayne will go head to head in our fast facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. <sighs> There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. <laughs> Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic! Because it's the, the words word for biography and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy, I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the host of the newly rebooted podcast, formerly known as International Waters, designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? by pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Gabby Dunn with two points and Dwayne Perkins with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. My friend Dwayne, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Jay-Z lyrics, the TV show Seinfeld, and Flavors of Tea. Let's yes. find out a little bit more about <laughs> each of those. First, you said you know a lot about Jay-Z lyrics. Yeah, you know, I didn't know we could specify, like, certain <laughs> albums, because I'm really well-versed in Jay-Z, probably first Not 10 as much albums. season 16 to 20 uh, of Jay-Z? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and being from Brooklyn, you know, Jay-Z, especially his first three albums, they just sort of, like, it was a soundtrack of, of my life, and, and I think a lot of people from Brooklyn would agree. So, yeah, um, great voice. How many voice, albums great, does he have? 13, maybe. <gasps> yeah. Do you have a favorite, a favorite line of uh, Jay-Z that you like to uh, spit? Is that, do the kids still say that? Um, Whoa. <laughs> a favorite line? Um, whew, yes. A favorite song? A favorite song that you like the lyrics particularly? Um, well, um, you know, I have another podcast called Off the Top where I just sort of talk smack, and... Um, 
we used his song called Cough Up a Lung. Mm. So I think I would say that was my favorite Jay-Z nice, nice, song, nice. Cough Up a Lung, yeah. where I'm from. The MacArthur girls like that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, all right, uh, you also said you know a lot about the TV show Seinfeld. Uh, yeah, I do. You know, it's weird because um, I didn't watch it when, when it was out, only mm -hmm. because I was out a lot when it came on. You know, this is pre pre like streaming you had to be home on Thursday right and I was not home on a lot of, a lot of Thursdays but it, you know I, I love the show and since then I think I've seen every episode I, I feel like I have them all on a hard drive I'm not saying how they got there you know what I mean <laughs> um, <laughs> and then finally Dwayne you said you know a lot about flavors of tea yeah and I you know listen I may be on the deep end on this one I drink a, <laughs> I drink a lot of tea I right? know this about you I know this yeah. about you because as well. every time even even when we're in foreign countries together you're right. like got to the tea it's yeah, all I about drink, the tea with I you I drink a lot of tea but at the same time it's like always coffee beans Starbucks I venture out a bit so I don't know I may be I may have sort of like put myself in it with that one but <laughs> I do love 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 tea it was what me and my grandma uh, we used to have toast and tea all the time. Oh. And um, so, yeah. Tea's... And what is your favorite flavor of tea? Ah, uh, that's a good, that's a tough one. I would probably say uh, it switches because your palate changes. Sure. So if you drink one type of tea, your tongue kind of gets used to it. Dwayne, you I know switch you're trying up. to be diplomatic and not yes. send <laughs> other flavors of tea, but I think we can all be honest right. and frank here. So I think, I think tr just... Oolong, I would say, if I had I to go. I was gonna say that. Yeah, dark oolong. Yeah. Yes. You know what I love most about the show? We will get applause for someone saying <laughs> oolong tea. I mean that in all sincerity. We love, right, we, right. We love to celebrate specifics here. Dwayne, to summarize, you said you know a lot about Jay-Z lyrics, the TV show Seinfeld, and flavors of tea. Today we're gonna quiz you about Seinfeld. Oh. oh. Okay. A big sigh of relief from Dwayne. Yes. Uh, do you have a favorite scene or episode from Seinfeld? Oh man, I love so many. I think. What makes me laugh the most is when George, uh, his outgoing message was to the melody of the greatest American hero. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you can you hum a few bars? Yeah. Believe it or not, George is not home. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Who could it be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Dwayne Perkins in the middle. And uh, when was the last time you uh, watched an episode of Seinfeld? Um, well, before this show. Just for uh, S's and giggles, um, I was on my bike and I watched, uh, I think, I didn't watch the pilot, I watched the second and third episode today. On your bike? Yeah, I have this stationary bike. Oh, oh okay, stationary bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> look, I look out for Dwayne yes. when he's riding his bike, because he is, well, it's he is a, focused. It's a regular bike, but yeah. I put the back wheel in the trainer, Got it. and I ride in place. All right, very yeah. good. All right, well, just ahead, we're gonna have the help of a bona fide expert in the topic to test your mastery. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you are allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Gabby, do listen closely, because you can steal if Dwayne gets any wrong. Gabby, I know it doesn't involve murder often, <laughs> How much do you know about Seinfeld? Um, I, uh, some. I, my parents were very, very into it. Okay. And uh, I have an ex-girlfriend who um, has an Elaine Bennis tattoo. Whoa. Wow. Um, so just by osmosis, you may have picked some up. Yeah. All right. Where, where's the tattoo? It's her entire forearm. No. She's going to kill me. Sorry. Uh, it's her entire forearm, and it's Elaine Bennis smoking a cigar. I'm not, it's her entire crazy. forearm. And you broke what? up with her? She dumped me! What? <laughs> so that's the kind of cool stuff I'm out here doing. Getting dumped by girls with whole arm Seinfeld tattoos. <laughs> yeah! Wow! Welcome to Hollywood, MacArthur's. Exactly. All right. 
Dwayne, here's your first question about Seinfeld. Yes. Seinfeld was created by Jerry Seinfeld, of course, and what other person who has gone on to have his own Emmy-winning comedy series? <laughs> Larry David. Helen? That is that correct. That is correct. It is Larry David. What a freebie. I think they just go free. Yeah, that yeah what just, a freebie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question number two, if that's okay, Gabby. Fine. <laughs> Question number two, Dwayne. Which Seinfeld cast member won one Emmy for acting on the show, then another seven for acting on different shows? Wow. Well, I mean, I think she's at more than seven, but I have to say uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Julia Louis-Dreyfus of ex-girlfriend tattoo fame. Yep. Uh, she actually does have more Emmys total, but for acting, I believe she does oh, I see, have. I see. Uh, yeah, she does have that okay. many, uh, eight total. Fun fact: she won six for her acting on Veep and one for The New Adventures of Old Christine. Uh, question number three: <laughs> so When Seinfeld premiered, the show had a different but similar name. What was it? Uh, I think it was the Seinfeld Chronicles. Ellen, that is correct. He rode his bike today. The Seinfeld Chronicles <laughs> is correct. Uh, fun fact: the aforementioned Julia Weed Dreyfus was not in that pilot episode. Yep. I knew that also. Oh. Just FYI. All right. <laughs> Dwayne, you were three for three. Here's question number four. Good job. Of the 172 episodes of Seinfeld, there was only one in which Jason Alexander did not appear. The one where Jerry and Elaine visit Jerry's parents in Florida. What was the name of that episode? Okay. So, let me see. I'm trying to think. Is that the one where he, she slept on the bed and her back was hurting? Uh... You do have a hint available if you'd like to use your Oh, hint. yeah, I'll take the hint. Helen, how about that first hint? In the episode, Jerry receives an astronaut pen from his parents' neighbor. Oh, we brought it back to astronauts, Gabby. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that pen, and it wrote upside down. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I'll say the pen. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. Excellent use of the hints. Wow. Dwayne, I think Stan has surprised himself on that one a little bit. Nice, nice. Dwayne, you are four for four. Have a chance awesome. to go five for five with this question. Yes. It took many episodes to learn that Kramer's first name is Cosmo, but in the very first episode, we learned that Kramer isn't yet Kramer. He is referred to by a completely different name. What was Kramer's original name? Uh, Kessler. Helen? That is correct. Yeah. Wow. Dwayne, five for five, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. You know what? This actually might motivate me to exercise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you learned this much about television. Uh, fun fact, Kessler is a German and Jewish name meaning coppersmith. Oh, nice. Oh. Yes. Also, fun fact, we work with someone whose last name is Kessler. Yes. That would have been the hint if you had needed it, and I would have enjoyed that very much. Dwayne, you obviously did very well in that, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Dwayne, Seinfeld had many great guest actors, but only six received nominations for Emmys. Lloyd Bridges, Marley Matlin, Jerry Stiller, Judge Reinhold, Bill Irwin, and Larry Thomas. For up to three points, what are the character names for three of those actors? Okay. I feel like I might need a pen, but... I uh, do have uh, a pen. And a piece of paper? Yes, yes. please. So, um, so six, six people were nominated as guest stars, right? As guest stars. We want to know the character names of three okay. of them. And want, me, well, want to hear the names again? Sure. We had Marley Matlin, Jerry Stiller, Judge Reinhold, Bill Irwin, Larry Thomas, and Lloyd Bridges. Okay, I'll say Mr. Costanza. Okay. I'll say uh, the Drake, which I know is not right. Okay. Larry Costanza, Drake, and... Um, uh, 
Another memorable character from the show, maybe? Is yeah, Soup Nazi. And the Soup Nazi. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. Yeah. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an Emmy-nominated actor who's appeared in many shows, including Scrubs and Arrested Development, and as the Soup Nazi on Seinfeld, it's Larry Thomas! so impressed by your knowledge, like uh, Kessler and, you know. I have to say, stuff. I see Dwayne every oh weekday. I have God. never seen his mouth open that wide when he realized that Larry Thomas was here. Thank you so much for coming. Oh there. my it's God, it's friend. really you. It really is. Oh, I think so. It's really you. Larry, I rewatched that episode today, and you know, I th I think about in my mind, I th as I'm sure a lot of people do, like, oh, there was the no soup for you line, that was sort of it. But that was such a great performance that covered so <laughs> many different emotions and, and shades over the course of this episode. It was such a big role. Did you know that going in that you were going to have such a big part to play? You know, it was funny because uh, we usually have, you know, in auditions, a pre-read and a callback. Mm -hmm. And that's what I had. And in the pre-read, there were three scenes. And I thought that was the extent of it, you know, because when I got the phone call from my, my then, you know, absent agent, <laughs> he actually had to call me and say, like, Larry, this is Mike, your uh, agent. <laughs> you know, I, I had to go like, yeah, Mike, I, I know who you are. What, what's yeah. going on? But, because I had, I had uh, a great actor, Jeffrey Tambor, had set up a general meeting with me and the casting director. Because he cast both Larry Sanders and Seinfeld. Mm. So it was kind of an accident. So he actually called that agency and asked for me. So the agency are going like, who? <laughs> uh, they had my pictures somewhere in their basement, but they didn't know. You know? <laughs> and uh, there was no, nothing on paper, so all I had was the name The Soup Nazi. And I just had to kind of think, like, what would that guy be? So I was a big Seinfeld fan, luckily, so I knew it would be someone who was incredibly strict, who would, you know, come up against them. Mm. And being the horrible people that they were, <laughs> right. you know, they would somehow make him really angry. Um, about three weeks later, you know, that agent calls me, and says, Larry, it's uh, Mike, your uh, agent. <laughs> Did you audition for Seinfeld uh, a few weeks ago? And I said, he had to ask you if you would audition yeah. for the biggest and show on television. Like, they just called. They they want to see you again. And like I said, Mike, could you stop? You know, ending each line in a question. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're hurting my feelings here, man. But anyway, so I did get to go to the callback, which was an amazing experience for a Seinfeld fan because. Um, I walked into the room and there were just like, it was lined on both sides with people who I had no idea who they were. And there were two desks at the end of the room and one of them was Jerry. And the other one was a guy that I had no idea who it was, but he was bald and had great. <laughs> Stop and, it! Because no one had seen Larry David sure. yet oh by season seven. So I started reading and Jerry was just cackling his head off. I mean, yeah. the most high pitched, I, I wanted to stop at some point and go, dude, I'm acting here. <laughs> but he was. He was laughing at, like, everything, and so I was feeling really good about it, and then I got to the end of the three scenes and realized there was still more paper in my hand. <laughs> and I hadn't seen any of it, but I just, with him laughing and yeah. 
rolling on like that, I just thought, I'm just going cold. And so did, the, they hear you, did they hear you with your normal voice at all? No. You know, it's really funny. This is very ironic, and it's in a book I wrote, but uh, acting stories and recipes and stuff, but it's very <laughs> ironic. The, I took an acting class one time with an actress named Sherry North, and Sherry North said to me, you're a character actor. When you go in for auditions, don't let them know who you really are. Always go in in character because they don't have the imagination to <clears throat> see both. So when I walked into that callback, Jerry actually did look at me and goes, hey. And I just looked at him and went, huh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, you know, oh, I, wow. I just want to go like, Hi, Jerry. Yeah. I love your show. Yeah. Yes. I'm your Nazi. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't, yes. you know. So when you and, were... But uh, ironically, Sherry ended up being Babs Kramer. Oh. Kramer's mom. Oh, oh very Total nice. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Total coincidence. So Seinfeld obviously was recorded before a live audience. What was the taping like? Was, was it an immediate hit right away? Was the crowd going crazy? Uh, you know, they laughed in all the right places. Mm -hmm. They had like five uh, chafing dishes with soup in it. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time. We only rehearsed the scene that day because it took them the whole week to build the soup kitchen, oh. which for any Seinfeld fans was tacked onto the back of Jerry's living room. Right. <laughs> it was, it was inside. So it looks like they're all lined up yeah, on yeah. the street. It was inside. Uh, you mentioned the book. Tell us a little bit more about that. What's it called and where it's available? Uh, it's, it's called Confessions of a Soup Nazi, an Adventure in Acting and Cooking. Ooh. Oh, nice. Uh, and it really is stories and recipes. I, uh, Took a year, I cooked 52 things, and I had to cook them all because I'd never written anything down, and you gotta write. And while I was writing about the food, I was also talking about where I was in my acting career mm. at the time. So it oh, became, somehow got to like 398 pages <gasps> of acting stories and cooking stories and 52 recipes and my son Ben who's out here right now he he had to come over and sample a lot of food. Poor <laughs> kid. You're a great storyteller. Really I mean so I'm just like captivated by oh, even okay. just yeah. the, the, this one job that you had which is of if course very iconic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it was it's the job that took over my life. So I had a my day job for about 15 years of being an actor and through the time I did Seinfeld I was a bail bondsman and a court investigator. What? And, um, yeah. I think we're coming back to one of Gabby's topics. I, I got know, a feeling. very interesting. <laughs> and uh, one day I was down in the archive courts of LA looking, uh, researching cases, and one of the clerks that had seen me, you know, for 10 years over and over again, did anybody ever tell you you looked like that guy, the soup nuts? And I said, well, that was me. And she goes, you should get nominated for an Emmy for that or something. So I ran to a, the closest payphone and I called the TV Academy in North Hollywood. And I said, hey, is there a, a category for someone who's a guest actor on a, on a TV, on a primetime show? And they said, yes, you know, guest actor in a comedy or drama. And so I said, how do you get nominated? And they said, well, someone has to submit an application for you and pay $100. And I said, can I come over and do that today? And they said, yeah. So I ran over there, <gasps> wrote him a check for 100 bucks, oh, What? Got the application. Wait, I got to go. Helen, <laughs> <laughs> no, Helen, you have to be in a TV show first. I've been so, in... Okay, so, so that year, that particular... The, the parameters changed each year, but that particular year, you could only be on one to two episodes. And 
So 30 names went out there and five got chosen and I was in the five. That's you nominated crazy. yourself. <laughs> it works. Don't, you don't get story. if you don't ask. You don't get and if you don't ask. It's like nowadays, you know, studios spend millions on campaigns and coordinate about, you know, mm -hmm. which to nominate and how I to, to nominate. I had you, you were a DIY uh, Emmy nominator. <laughs> this big in the Hollywood Porter. But um, so I actually called the Academy. <laughs> oh, wow. And I said, do you have the list of like the guest actor nominations for comedy? And they said yes, and they of course read my name last, and they said, you know, Tim Conway, uh, <laughs> wow. Mandy Patinkin, wow. Griffin Dunn, Harris Eulen, and Larry Thomas. Oh my God! And I kind of like, like. <gasps> so she goes, "Is this you?" Larry? <laughs> and I went, "Yeah." And she goes, "Well, congratulations." But that's yeah. Congratulations oh. indeed. What a story. Oh, what a lesson for people. Epic. Yeah. Well, it's funny. No, you know, seriously, I gotta go. Give me three that. hours. I gotta yeah. go to the television uh, academy. Uh, all right, well, we could we could hear your stories all night, but we do have to get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked Wayne. We wanted to know what were three of the character names of the six actors who had received Emmy nominations for guest actor on Seinfeld. Uh, Helen, what was Dwayne's first answer? He said, Mr. Costanza. Larry? Well, do you want to give him that? It was Frank Costanza. It was Frank Costanza. You are the judge as our, as our guest expert. It's up to you if you want to give him a half point or a full point or no points. Yeah, give him a point on that. Give him a full yeah. point. You know. One point for Dwayne. You know. Helen, what was the next character that Dwayne said? Dwayne said Drake. Or The Drake. The Drake. Yes. That was not one of them. Not one of them, I'm sorry. Was it Lloyd Braun? Was it what, sorry? Lloyd Braun? No. Okay. Uh, and then finally, what was the third answer that Dwayne gave? Dwayne said the soup Nazi. And Larry Thomas? Uh, yeah. That is correct. Another point for Dwayne. Uh, the other ones were uh, Lloyd Bridges played Izzy Mandelbaum. I think that was the name oh, you were trying yeah, to pull. Yeah. Uh, Marley Matlin played Laura. Uh, we mentioned Frank Costanza was uh, Jerry Stiller. Uh, Aaron was the character played by Judge Reinhold. Or Sid the close talker. Sorry? Right, the, the close talker. talker. The close talker, all right. Sid Field was a character played by Bill Irwin. And someone named Larry Thomas played the soup Nazi. Yeah. Dwayne, is there anything you'd like to say or ask about Larry? Absolutely. Wait, wait. Um, for me, um, mainly, well, thank you so much for coming. It was amazing. And I'm glad I guessed right on sure. you. Yes. And you were amazing. So mainly just gratitude. And uh, I, I, I think when I watch Seinfeld, it's to me, all the other people are like the stars of the show, you know what I mean? Like, like, and they ask you guys to be big so they can react to you guys. And I, I guess, did, you, did they have to tell you to be like that big or did you come in at that level? Jerry gave me exactly the correct reaction. You know, even in the three ice cold scenes I read, he kept laughing. And Jerry said, he goes, you know, man, I really like what you did. It was really funny, you know, but I don't understand why your character's so mean. So can you do it again and maybe, you know, give it a little variety, be a little nicer sometimes? You know, I couldn't imitate what I did now if I tried. Oh, I just, right. yeah. I, that was the longest six scenes I've ever, because I knew what I was doing was really stupid and wrong and crappy and <laughs> right. not the character. But I had to do what he was asking me to do. And then 
I had to go basically right to the set, and when I walked in, Jerry just walked right up to me, and he goes, you know, man, forget about the direction I gave you. Just do what you did when you walked in. It was funnier. Wow. That's amazing. So how the meaner the funnier. Nice. And how do you feel about people asking you to perform the line, No Soup for You, uh, on the spot? Too many stories, but I, I, for three years, I would not say that. Ah. I didn't say it for Inside Edition. I didn't say it for Entertainment Tonight. I just refused. I said, I'm not going to be a bad water cooler impression of myself, right? you know, out of context. And so, of course, I, three years later, I got to do the finale. They said, well, it's going to be silent with music over it, but we want you to say it. Mm -hmm. And I went, so can I just go like... <laughs> just mouth it, and yeah. Jerry and Larry like, kind of looked at each other, whispered a little bit, and said, no, we, we need to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... God, now they're gonna fire me and call Shalhoub, you know? There's no way I'm gonna say it, you know, like I did six, three years ago right. you know, in a certain situation. So I did it, and they did the one take, and they kept it. Aww. And then we were walking away, and Larry David, like, crossed the road and walked up to me and just said, you know, you said it exactly the same way. <laughs> years ago. Uh, that's lovely. And then he walked away, and I just thought, Aww. I can say that. So, yeah, since then I've said so it. So, if you were on a podcast, let's say, and <laughs> the audience really <laughs> wanted you to hear it, 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 for you. There it is! Larry, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go? Uh, I have a website, it's realsoupnazi.com. <laughs> Not the, but just realsoupnazi.com. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Right. So people want to find out Larry Thomas, they can go to realsoupnazi.com. What a pleasure and a thrill and oh, an wow, unexpected so delight much. to hear these wonderful stories. Larry Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yay! Thank, thank you, you so much. Helen, let's get a score recap as we go into the final round. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. At the end of that round, Gabby Dunn has two points and Dwayne Perkins has eight points. All right, Gabby, got your work cut out for you. Now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Gabby and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Okay. Here we begin. Gabby, Los Angeles' International Airport is called Los Angeles International Airport. True. Correct. Yeah, real original, guys. <laughs> Dwayne, Burbank's airport was named for Bob Hope. True. Correct. Yes, it's now named Hollywood Burbank Airport, but legally still called Bob Hope Airport. Gabby, in addition to a Bob Hope Airport, there is a Bing Crosby Airport. Um, false. Correct. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Dorothy L'Amour Airport myself. <laughs> Dwayne, there's an Ian Fleming Airport named for the author of the James Bond novels. True. Correct. Gabby, Ian Fleming Airport is in Britain. True. Incorrect. Dwayne, Ian Fleming Airport is in Jamaica. True. Correct. Wow, yeah. He actually wrote many of his novels there. Gabby, there's an airport named for John Lennon. True. Correct. Dwayne, John Lennon Airport is also in Jamaica. False. Correct. Gabby, John Lennon Airport is in London. False. Correct. Dwayne, John Lennon Airport is in Liverpool. True. Correct. And finally, Gabby, John Lennon Airport used to be part of Beatles Airport until it merged with Yoko Ono Airport. <laughs> False, but also justice for Yoko. Justice for Yoko, indeed. Uh, we're not counting that one. That was just for fun. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, Dwayne Perkins and Gabby Dunn, as Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to us a winner on today's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Gabby Dunn has six points, and Dwayne Perkins has 13 points. Dwayne Perkins, you are the facting champion on today's episode of Go Fact Yourself. Dwayne, Thank what you. would you do with your championship? 
mainly I will go to where we work, the hit game show Funny You Should Ask, and um, use it as evidence of my, my dominance. I look forward to seeing that tomorrow. Uh, that just leaves us to give the opportunity for everyone here to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Gabby, where can people find you? Uh, sure, I'm uh, at Gabby Dunn on Twitter um, and at Gabby Road on Instagram, which is a Beatles reference. Oh, nice! Uh, and I, uh, I have a book. This I have a book out called "Please Send Help" that is available for pre-order, but it's it'll be out in July. Um, and that's a YA novel. It's a sequel to another YA novel that I that I did. And then also the Bad with Money podcast and the Bad with Money book, which is out now. Out now, as is she, Miss Gabby Dunn. Okay, great. Arthur's, take it away. That's funny. <laughs> so, Dwayne, what do you got? Um, you can find me, DwaynePerkins.com is my website. Uh, Dwayne Perkins on Instagram, FunnyDP, Twitter. Uh, the, my book, Hot Chocolate for the Mind, is available on Amazon. Cool. A collection of funny stories. And my podcast, Movie Night, and Off the Top, they're out there as well. They're out there as well, and we're glad he's here as well. Dwayne Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. You lucky, lucky people have Helen Hong as your co-host. What do you have going on, my friend? You can find my performance calendar at HelenHong.com and follow me on the socials at FunnyHelenHong. Helen Hong is funny, and that's her, and we love her. Uh, and me, you can find me on the social media at uh, J underscore Keith on Twitter and at JKeith.net, all spelled out on Instagram. That just leads me to thank Gabby Dunn, Dwayne Perkins, Amy Shearer Title, Larry Thomas. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like... Nordic Tile Setter did. He, she, or they said, this has been hilarious so far. Can't wait for more. Thanks, Nordic Tile Setter. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Christian Malmeen, Oliver Randall, G. Paul Bailey, Heidi Vanderlee, Christian Stone, Bob Jacobs, David Bailey, Robert Perlman of CollectSpace.com, Oliver Wang, Winter Mitchell Rohrbaugh, Javier Grajeda, Loanne Bishop, Cody Lawrence, Clint Tauscher, CJ Miller, Mike Avianos, Dave Bianchi, Eric Tran, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. Let's go to Space Camp! Space Camp! Space Camp! Space Camp! Space Camp! Space Camp! No soup for you! No soup for you! No soup for you! Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Here's a little bit of what you're going to hear on the next episode of Go Fact Yourself. Christelle, I couldn't help but notice that you are not my usual co-host. Uh, no. No. I, no, no. I am not. I am not uh, Helen Hong, but I would like to fill her shoes. What a substitute co-host that yes, we have for you tonight. I love Christelle it. Alonso. I love it. <laughs> That's right here on Maximum Fun or wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.